Welcome to Travels in a Mathematical World, a podcast from the Institute of Mathematics and its applications, the IMA. My name is Peter Rowland. This is episode 55. 55 is the largest triangular number in the Fibonacci sequence. This week on the podcast, we hear from Edmund Harris of the University of Leicester, who speaks about his research area of tiling patterns and how this led him into maths outreach. I'm Edmund Harris. I'm a mathematician at... uh... University of Leicester, and uh, my main area of research is in tilings and patterns, which is obviously something that's led me also into doing maths outreach, um, because there's some quite deep mathematics you can quickly get into by just getting people to play with with shapes. Um, Recently did some stuff at the Royal Society summer exhibition called How Do Shapes Fill Space? And you can really get to open problems in in mathematics uh, probably as quickly as any area other than uh, or quicker than any area other than number theory Um, and so this leads into a a whole load of arguments about why why do mathematics and the advantage is well firstly we can give not rather than giving the standard argument which is of course maths is useful you need it for your life try and motivate mathematics in terms of the beauty and just the, the curiosity of understanding things. And we understand mathematics, um, well, the things we understand in mathematics, you almost, it's the perfect understanding. You've taken away all the um, uh, annoying bits of real life, if you wish, which, make, which muddy other areas. And once you understand something, you either understand it perfectly or you understand perfectly why you can't understand it any better. Um, The other aspect is of course beauty and with tilings and patterns there's a lot of uh, incredible beauty you can look at from Islamic tilings to um, the the tilings of of Escher, it's almost a cliche, um, to uh, views of um, the Penrose tiling and uh, modern work like this. And the interesting thing with the Penrose tiling is this is an ancient area and we get, have results which go back to the ancient Greeks. And then suddenly you have this radical new example which really does something different. And it was only discovered, well, the existence of such tilings was only discovered in the 1960s. And the Penrose tiling itself was discovered in the late 70s. So in mathematical terms, at least, that's a, a recent advance. So, so what I'm working on at the moment as part of my, my role at University of Leicester is the, the, the outreach in the department. Um, in particular, trying to work out, it's quite a difficult uh, idea, but how co- can we get mathematics, rather than going and doing outreach from the top and just telling people about some exciting bit of mathematics or some results, or showing them even a bit beautiful picture, how can you get mathematics into... The, the bottom of the culture. I have a, a, a name for this, which is street maths, um, which actually came out. A friend of mine um, was constantly teasing me when I was doing sort of more outreach work that I was doing street maths, like uh, David Blaine does street magic. And so, uh, but I, I, I've stolen the name off him. And um, the, the idea is how can we get mathematics in so the people engage with it away from the the formal lecture um, and with the the resources available online you can really look up huge go into huge detail of mathematics um, just by 
going onto the internet. There's some fantastic uh, resources out there, uh, but you need to get people motivated to do that. It's how do you generate that motivation and just try and change the, the feeling about mathematics that, that people have. And one of the, the ideas that I'm sort of pushing fairly hard, it, it goes back to Marcus de Soto, and he, he says, you know, where's the Shakespeare of mathematics in school? Um, at school, you can take students who are studying English um, out to the theatre, and they can, they can see Shakespeare. In fact, it almost ties together all levels of education, because you can go to primary school and you can talk about um, Macbeth as a story of revenge and action, or even Hamlet as a ghost story. And then you go to secondary school and you can start talking about the motivations and the thoughts. That, you know, and then gradually up into university you can talk more about the language and lots of... I'm outside my area so I'll probably <laughs> describe completely the wrong way that, that, that English scholars will look at it. But basically you can go from primary school through secondary school to university and then people can spend their lives studying something we introduce in, in primary school. And in mathematics, that's not something we have. We don't have that continuous... Of course, at university, people are still doing addition and multiplication. And, but you're not, you don't have that sort of same... You know, the wondrous thing you get introduced to slowly becomes more apparent. Um, the only thing I can think of is when I was at school, um, slowly being informed about what the different buttons on the calculator... <laughs> Did. It was sort of the moment I realised that I'd actually knew what all the buttons did was sort of special, but then perhaps I wasn't a, a normal child. Um, so if you, you um, how do you get out into schools or how do you get out to people at that lowest level? Well, we have one big advantage over the other groups who, who are trying to do this. Um, if you look at uh, math outreach and, and or science outreach, you're really competing against the great noise of society. You're co competing for people's attention against advertising and against um, pop music and, and aspects of popular culture. And even with, with a massive increase in funding into the area, there's no way you could compete with these things. For one thing, we want to have, we, we do have messages we want to get out, whereas people working in those, those areas, it's often getting it out is more important than what hmm. gets out. So there isn't something you can compete directly. The advantage is we have a better chance to get the ear of teachers and to get into schools. And so tomorrow, actually, I've been organising a meeting at the university to get established dialogue between the mathematicians at the university and teachers in the Leicestershire area. And it's sort of not a traditional outreach day or, or teacher training day. Obviously, we'll be talking about our research, but we want to hear as much as we want to, to say. How can we improve the outreach? What partnerships can we build? And what is what works? What doesn't work? We have the knowledge of these advanced bits of mathematics. We don't really know what works in a classroom full of 16-year-olds. Yes. Teachers have that expertise. 
can we use our expertise and put it together with them mm. instead of you know, us coming in and trying, you know, somebody with some intuition for managing to put together a good talk that goes down reasonably well in the school, or a teacher with a bit more knowledge of mathematics putting together a more advanced program. Can we build links between the maths department um, in the university and the schools and have some activities that change the, the way people think about mathematics? In a sense, the, the maths department can act as that theatre visit um, for Shakespeare um, and yeah so we will be spending the morning talking about some bits of research and what's going on in the department and then throwing it open to teachers um, so what what do you hope I mean what ultimately what form will the, do you see the street maths taking um, I mean, is this you in schools or is this kids coming here or is this I, th I think <clears throat> um the, the, us going out to schools and, mm. and, and, and the kids coming into the university is always going to be one mm. one aspect. Um, the 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 hope is that it's something that can be taken beyond that basic level. If we can be going out into a school where the teacher knows about what we're going to be doing, so we can actually start preparing by by introducing some of the basic yes. maths um, or ways we can go into school and do longer term or larger scale. Um, projects yeah. and it's the, the idea is if we can get teachers who are going to be in, as invested in the, the thing as us and obviously many you know, teachers are incredibly busy mm. so it's trying to identify the people who, who actually find you know don't say oh we should get somebody in yeah. but say oh yeah I, I'll spend a bit of time I'll put mm. some of my own effort in and then we can make something that, that goes beyond that mm. um, and it's just an act trying to, to introduce the research and university level maths into the general community mm. of education, mm. of maths education. Um, and the output of that is sort of, it's one of these things that if it works, you don't know where it might go. Yes. Uh, hopefully we'll be led in directions that we, we, we can't plan. Mm. But it's more than just setting up a masterclass program yes. or just, um, and we'll, we'll see what, what happens. So. Good. Okay, I'll break in there. Uh, we'll resume the conversation next week on the podcast. Just to whet your appetite, here's a little taster. The, the, the best is when you get, get, get children fighting, or not quite fighting, over. I gave them to the two uh, maths consultants, right. and they, st they immediately got on the floor and, and swapping. <laughs> yes. And to find out what we're talking about, you'll have to listen to next week's episode. You can find the link to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode, download previous episodes, and get show notes relating to each episode at www.travelsinamathematicalworld.co.uk. To find out more about what I do for the IMA, you can follow me on Twitter, where I am Peter Rowlett, or visit my website, peterrowlett.net, and Rowlett is spelled R-O-W-L-E-T-T. -T. Thank you for listening.